Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thanks so much for joining us. Coming up here in just a moment, Minnesota Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka is going to join us. He's going to be talking about the latest news coming out of Minnesota. And folks, it's a lot. Earlier today, Minnesota Governor Tim Walz announced he's extending, he's extending his stay-at-home executive order until, wait to hear this, May 18th. Tomorrow's May 1st, he's extended it to May 18th. Restaurants, bars, places of public accommodations. He's promoting sort of this curbside retail idea. Um, like I just said, May 18th, that's a long time from now. So gonna be interesting to see how many small businesses and employers can actually make it that long. We'll get more on that coming up in just a moment. Now today, the Minnesota Department of Health announced 492, 492 new COVID cases making it the single largest daily increase up to this point. And that brings the total number of cases in Minnesota now to 5,136. They also reported a new total of 343, 343 deaths. What's interesting about that number, look, we all know, we've talked about this before, one death is way too many. But a reporter brought this up today at Governor Walz's press conference. And here's an interesting fact. In Minnesota right now, 99% of the people that have died with COVID have either been in a nursing home or have had some underlying condition. So is there a way to protect those people and yet open up more of the state? Because right now you've got small businesses in Minnesota, if we can bring this up, please, that actually want to sue the state of Minnesota for their right to open up. They think they've got a constitutional right to be open. I want to remind you, it was on Monday that Attorney General Bill Barr said he will he will protect people's constitutional rights because the Constitution is not suspended in times of crisis. So people, not only are many people fighting for their lives right now because of COVID, but also many people are fighting for their livelihood. So joining us now on the 702 Communications line is Minnesota Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka. Senate Leader Gazelka, great to have you with us. Um, during the governor's announcement today, I want to read what you tweeted out for our audience and give you a chance to explain it in more detail. We can bring this up, please. You said, hey, the governor's asking the right questions. He's looking at the right data, but I'm disappointed he's not turning the dial further today. I think he should move further and faster, opening businesses up in Minnesota again. Uh, many people on your Twitter feed are going, hey, what are you referring to specifically? What's your response? Well, a couple of things. Uh, when we look at the uh, sheltering at home orders and the data shows that the results are the same as far as number of deaths and number of beds needed, whether you shelter at home seniors and vulnerable or just shelter at home everyone. And so that's one area that we are definitely different. But even following the path he's on, I, I thought he would move his, his dial farther. I mean, just um, outdoor eating for restaurants, for example, is, is something I thought he might do uh, surgical centers, uh, our, our rural hospitals, 85% of their, how they make money is in those uh, elective surgeries. And they haven't been doing them for almost two months now. And the hospitals across Minnesota are, are losing like, I think it's $30 million a day. And pretty soon we're gonna lose some of our rural hospitals. So that's another thing I had hoped that he would open up. Churches, at least churches of some sizes, you could have had churches under a hundred, for example. I mean, they're just, so a number of those things I think we have to be willing to uh, do. And if you look at what Sweden did, for example, they didn't close anything. They just practiced the social distancing and their results are frankly about the same as ours, but it, their economy is still up and running. I wanna to get to the hospital thing in a minute. We had a question from a viewer come in, but also I think the other thing that I was sort of, you know, hopefully anticipating a little bit of, and I wanna get your reaction to this because you had a call with him earlier today, but 
why not at least look at county by county? I mean, for many of us up here in greater Minnesota, it's hard to say, wait, it, you know, he talks about one Minnesota, I get that, but you can't treat Hennepin County like Clay County, can you? Well, I don't think so. And I have made that suggestion to him. Uh, even as we go forward, for example, in Southwest Minnesota, Worthington, it was a hot spot for COVID-19. A number of people at a, 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 pol a packing plant uh, had the virus. That would be a place that you should treat different. You should test everyone, which is what they did. And if people are, are unable to work because they have the virus, they need to set aside for whatever it takes to get healthy. And the people that don't have the virus can keep working. So that we wouldn't do across the whole state. We would just focus on that one area. And we can do that on all of the other dial uh, information that he has on his charts as well. So I think Minnesota's done a pretty good job, basically, so what I know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've done a pretty good job of sort of mitigating the idea that, hey, we're gonna run out of hospital beds, ventilators, ICU beds. So what's the play here? Why not open up elective surgeries for rural hospitals and more opportunities for them to continue to generate some revenue? Like you said, and your, your colleague, Minnesota Senator Scott Jensen, the same thing, Fergus Falls, Alexandria, those places aren't gonna make it. Yeah, and that's the point, the balance of, uh crippling the economy to save lives is, is a tough call to make and, and we're all trying to work it work at it together. Frankly, I appreciate that the uh, governor's working with uh, our vice president and president and I'm working with our governor, but I, if I can, I wanna try to steer him to having the courage to open up some things more, do it safely. I mean, people are, are get the idea of the social distancing and all the things that we need to do, but we've gotta be willing to move towards that model of opening things up Otherwise, more and more businesses are gonna fail. A, a prominent restaurant in Minneapolis today just closed. They said, we're not gonna open. The reason why we're not gonna open is, number one, the curbside won't work, and number two, we can't um, operate at 50% of what we had. And so you're gonna see more and more businesses die. And frankly, that's also a, a, a spike or curve that we have to bend down. And so it's a tough thing to try to navigate both, but I truly believe we can do both, and Minnesota's ready to do both. All right, I'm gonna to get to the business thing in a moment, but I wanna share with you, I don't know if you've even seen this, sir, but your, your attorney general today, Keith Ellison, put out a tweet, and I'm gonna bring this up only in the context that it was probably about four weeks ago, I said to somebody, boy, you start going down the path of free COVID testing, free care, it opens up some doors. Here's what A.G. Ellison said, sir, I wanna get your reaction. He said, okay, people, I need help. I'm looking for the top 10 reasons why single payer Medicaid for, Medicare for all is the best system in a pandemic. What do you think? Well, number one, it's way too expensive. Number no, but, two, but, you don't but, have nearly as much access. But Senator, yeah. what I'm getting at is that, I mean, what I'm trying to understand here is that we aren't allowing rural hospitals where we don't have a lot of you know, COVID cases to do something to generate revenue. I mean, is there something there where they're trying to go, okay, you know, this is a way to start to move into more government healthcare? Well, I hope not. Um, I'd, I'll prefer to give them the benefit of the doubt, but you know, there's a number of things like that. We close surgical centers, but we let Planned Parenthood stay open. I mean, a lot of the things that, that were done, you know, didn't seem exactly where they should be, uh, but I have to navigate with the fact that he has emergency powers, which means he has sole decision-making for many of these things. Um, and it's my job to, to give him the best counsel I can to turn, turn this direction, you know, get the economy back up and running. But I'm not going to let anybody on the other side move a, a liberal agenda over COVID-19. So you said he has the powers. My question for you is, does he? You've got businesses now that are suing the state because they say it's against uh, their constitutional rights to open up their own businesses. I mean, you've got these 
Small businesses that want to sell tennis shoes that can't be at a big box store can. And also on Monday, Attorney General Bill Barr said, look, just because there's a crisis doesn't mean the Constitution gets shredded. So does Governor Walls have the power to do what he's doing? And if so, based on what statute? Yeah, so I'm, I'm uh, referring to the Declaration of Emergency Powers, but th that is balanced by people's constitutional rights and willing to challenge them. The second one is, does he have the ability to close churches? And frankly, if you have a, a 100 or 200 people at Walmart, you should be able to have 100 or 200 people at church or whatever the number is. And so that's the, you know, the, some of the conversations, the longer we go, uh, the more Minnesotans, I think, are going to say, I've had enough. Uh, so, we're generally a, a fairly compliant group, but we reach a point where we say, hey, we got to live our lives. Thank you for saying that, sir. I think that, that's what many people in our audience are asking right now, is the Senate Majority Leader, why aren't you doing more? What I mean specifically is that I think it was Kansas or maybe Oklahoma where the judge said, you can't close down a church. It's unconstitutional because of their freedom of right to, you know, freedom of religion. So what more can you do to help ensure constitutional rights for the people of Minnesota? Yes, I met with a, a, a number of large church leaders, uh, both Protestant and Catholic, about a week ago, and then I set up a meeting uh, a day or two ago with the governor. I, f I forget the exact days, but roughly that, that time frame, because I wanted them to present what they could actually do, uh, doing social distancing and all of those things. And I'm gonna meet with that group again tomorrow uh, but some of them are saying we think we're just going to have to open up because uh, you can't just stop us from from meeting. And, and it's a really it's a tough battle because they want to follow the guidelines that the governor is doing. But at the same time, they know that they have to move forward with their responsibilities as, as spiritual leaders. All right. I got to ask you about this, sir, because last time we had you on, I asked you to look into this uh, model that was being created for COVID-19 between the state of Minnesota University of Minnesota, the Minnesota Health Department. Um, I'm assuming you've seen this agreement at this point. What's your reaction? And I think I misrepresented the numbers, to be fair to our audience and to you. I said 1.55 million, but what's interesting, sir, is this was a 2019 through 2021 contract. I think the COVID modeling was more around 177, 235 grand, but what did you get out of this contract? What should the people at home know about what's going on here with this modeling? I mean, you. If it's the state of Minnesota, the U of M, they can kind of make the numbers say what they want, can't they? Well, I'd like to think that they're objective scientists and scientists disagree. Um, you know, and the fact that the governor is using them, the Mayo Clinic is doing it as well. Um, they're also working on testing, and that's that's a positive outcome of some things they're doing re uh, related to COVID-19. So. I, I don't know that I have a huge problem with the University of Minnesota you know, being contracted to help. Uh, they're a research center in our region. Uh, they're going to be coming out with some of the, the actual testing that likely will be countrywide with the Mayo Clinic. So it's a balancing act, but you know I'm glad that they're part of the solution. Uh, Vice President Pence came to Mayo Clinic because they're the other uh, major player in developing some of the test some of the testings, and he had nothing but praise for uh, what's happening here in Minnesota. Pretty unfortunate, frankly, the governor thought that uh, the vice president was nothing but professional and great. And all of the, most of the media could say was he didn't have a mask on. Pretty unfortunate because I, I think, you know, the fact that the president and vice president are looking at what we're doing here and, and complimenting us is a great thing. So you brought it up. I got to ask the question, should Vice President Pence be wearing a mask? 
You know, I don't think so. And I, I think the press conference it was today, I believe, the Governor Walsh and uh, his commissioner, neither one of them had a mask on. And but he's I at the Mayo Clinic. Now. And, I mean, it's, uh, it's a tool that we can use. If you have a cough or allergies or a cold or you're sick, you absolutely should have a mask on. And then the rest of that, we got to figure out. You have, you have places like Costco that that's going to be part of their routine and decision you know, that every customer has to have a mask coming in. But that's their their business. They have the right to do that. Uh, but at this point, I'm, I'm not wearing a mask. Senator Gazelka, last question. Yesterday, uh, Chairman of the House A Committee, Congressman Colin Peterson, up here in Minnesota, District 7, was down at the JBS plant in Worthington. He said, hey, guys, if we don't get this figured out, you know, we're not going to have pork on the shelves in three weeks. What, what do you intend to do as a state leader to ensure the safety and the well-being of these workers, but also continue to have this you know, food supply chain moving in the right direction? Food supply chain is really important for the whole world. And uh, so what we that's where the, the uh, large number of tests is really important so we can filter out who's sick and who's not. I'm also suggesting, look, uh, we can have the National Guard fill in in some of those spots. We can have them in uh, jobs around them so that we can have more uh, activity going there and that we don't stop that supply chain. We have hundreds of thousands of hogs that are gonna be killed and just buried somewhere same thing with chickens, uh, same thing with beef, that cannot continue. And, and part of that was because we closed the restaurants, half of what they sold was to restaurants and suddenly that ripple effect goes farther and farther. And right now the ag community is really concerned about this and we all need to pay attention to it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you talked about the restaurant and the, and the city shutting down, then you've got this where it, there's so many different ancillary issues that are happening because of what's going on. So, Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka, we appreciate your time tonight very, very much. Thank you, sir. Yeah, take care, Chris. You too. Appreciate it. All right, stay with us and please share your point of view with us. Obviously, a lot to digest there in that interview, so it's very easy to share your thoughts with us. You can email us. You can text us. You can leave us a voicemail. Uh, we love hearing from you and stick around. We're going to get to some of your points of view later in the show. we got much more coming up right after this.